Vinny, we're going to keep it light, man. Appreciate your time, my guy. I know you're busy and got a lot going on. Uh, no problem, man. It's always good to hear from a former teammate and a friend, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You ready to roll? By the way, if y'all see Vinny moving a little bit, man, he's in between a move right now, correct? Yes. Yeah. So this this is what it is. We uh we were supposed I, I thought we were gonna go uh yesterday, but you said you can't be social media out like that, man. Why why you like this now, Vinny, when you were so outward on the football field? What changed, um, man? You know, to be honest with you, I always felt like football is my comfort zone. Ah. Um, to this day, I still do really, really well around strictly football people. Yeah. You know, I realized actually after football, after going through a couple of therapy sessions, I talked to this about most podcasts that I'm actually on the spectrum, a little autistic. Really? And it makes sense to me now because of the way I've always kind of viewed life and the way I've always kind of, you know, processed things. You know, yeah. my mom never had the resources to get me screened when I was younger. So these are things I never worried about. I never, I've never been evaluated. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, so I that's... Just, after exiting football, I just kind of wanted to do some little research on myself, make sure my body was in good condition. You know, I felt like going through football and playing the way that I played for so long was a very traumatic experience. So I wanted to just check everything out mentally, physically. Wanted to make sure that I was good to go. I didn't need any surgeries, anything like that. I wanted to make sure I left the game with a clean bill of health, not only physically, but also mentally as well. Man, Vinny, that's so important, man. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. you know, we, I mean, we both teammates with Al. Uh, and one of the things, you know, we always had those deep conversations. You've been a part of those conversations, too, just the dynamic of how we were and where we were in our careers, man. And one of the things he kind of said to me was, you know, our friendships, all of ours, right, whether it be you and your group or with us or me and my group, he was just like, man, your life uh, your, your life happiness is determined by your communication and the people you're around. You found that to be the case with yourself a little bit too now in retirement? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? But I think it was more intentional than it was in the NFL now that, you know, we're outside of that. I think football gave us a safety net. Yeah. I think it always gave us a community. And now I'm using that same community in my youth programs to tell kids the same thing. I'm like, yo, let your kid come out and play sports. Let him be a football player. It'll automatically plug them into a community with a great group of guys, and all of our coaches are credible and great humans. Yeah. Like, let them come out, let them experience the culture and the vibes. Whether he's a huge football fan or whether he can contribute or not, it'll put him around a lot of guys and it'll give him a sense of community. And inside of that community, he'll develop like lifelong friendships if he do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing, too. Uh, I, uh, my wife kind of said to me in my career, you know, as far as like having spouses in the league and stuff like that, it's like, man, y'all inherit a family. We got to go find one for us. You know what I'm saying? So you're right about that side of what football will do for you that you don't even realize. And I never actually thought about that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I never took it for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always thought that the Steelers did a great job of keeping right-minded individuals in the building. Mm -hmm. like-minded individuals. You can yeah. always tell, Moan, and you know because you're a very cerebral guy too. You see dudes come in for agency, you're like, one year. He's not going to play that contract out. He don't fit. He don't even talk to us. He's a lame. He's a weenie. Yeah. He ain't gonna fit. That's awesome, man. Vinny, I kind of want to go back a little bit, man. And we're gonna walk this thing down a little bit if you cool with this. I gotta start off because I, I, I bring this up all the time when it comes to you, man. Before we go even deeper into your career and your path, man. 
why were you such a pest like your rookie years in the league? Those practices, dog. You remember we had like a coming to Jesus talk one day. And I was just like, Benny, what you doing, man? But you know what? I appreciate it because it sharpened me. But I also respected your stance, though, too, on why you were as downhill as anybody I've ever met in my life and your approach to the game. What 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 put you in that space, man? I'm I'll go all the way back with you, Ramon. So Ramon, I'm from I'm from Polk County. Yeah. Now it's flourishing, but before it was really flourishing like this, it was like the dark hole of Florida. We provide Florida a tremendous amount of football talent. I would venture to say that it's Miami Dade, Fort Lauderdale, and then Polk County when it comes to raw athletic talent. But mm-hmm. we didn't have any big cities to really get this out. So a lot of people just went unnoticed. Like we had a yeah. tremendous amount of talent come out of there. Even now, if you look at it, it's pumping out talent, pumping out D1 athletes all over the place. But when I came out, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And then also where I'm from, if you just ask Palsy, it's about who you are as a person. Respect is yeah. huge for it. You know what I mean? I know this may sound kind of archaic, but in very primitive in a way, but your respect will really get you killed where I'm from. Yeah. It's about who you are as a person. Forget what you have. It's not the guy that has the best shoes to get the most respect. It's about the person who can stand on the principalities and actually be that person every single day. So when I went to Florida State, I quickly realized that I wasn't the best athlete on campus anymore. You were a four-star, though. Yeah, but I was a four-star because of my tenacity, my work ethic, and my football intelligence. It wasn't my pure, raw athletic ability. I didn't jump high. I've never been the fastest. I've never been this guy. But I had a disposition and a, a level of aggression that people couldn't compete with. Yeah, You know, they used to quit. I tap them out. Not only would I tap them out physically, they didn't want to stand in the paint. They're like, man, I'm not as tough as Vince. I can't compete at this level. Vince comes in every day. He's on 10. I can't compete this way. They're going to get tired of football before I get tired of football. Because I can guarantee you, I can go all day. I'm not going to get tired of here. And I'm going to talk the whole way. (laughs) You're going to think that eventually I am going to be exhausted of this confrontation what you don't know is I'm a walking cactus in a Brillo pad. <laughs> this is who I truly am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like this all the time. Like, I really I love the beef. Like, I know. Like, like, it's, it's, it's funny hearing you talk because it takes me back. And this speaks to what you just said a second ago, the ins and out of that building, right? As far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go, like, it sounded like you was raised by Coach Mitch, man, and what he wanted out of people. Um, I wasn't really raised by Coach Mitch. It just, no, I'm just saying, like in general, what it takes to survive, like in well, a sense of like what, like people always ask, like how do guys get to that next level? You know, how do guys survive so long in the league? And I, I just reference it in a Steelers point to where Coach Mitch, one of the first things he made me realize when I was just like, and I'm gonna get to that like that aha moment in the league where it's just like, oh, there's a there's a way to stay in this league for a very long time, and that was the way you was raised as far as. You're going you're gonna to tire out before I do. Like, that's why you were where you were in the NFL. Well, yeah, it was a game of attrition. Yeah. And not only the actual game, but also the game of surviving in the NFL. The NFL is a game of attrition. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that was the approach I took to it, Ramon. And then I got to a place. I remember at the Senior Bowl, you know, we can go all into this. I remember I was a late add-in to the Senior Bowl because mm-hmm. Manti Teo had his situation going on. He had to go out. And because he had to bow out, I got an invitation to go. So when I went, the first day we were there, we had the second most amount of people in the Senior Bowl. That defense we had at Florida State in 2012 was special. Yeah, It really was special. We led the nation in yards and points per average more than Alabama. And you know, during that time, Alabama was rock and rolling. They were really a yeah. defensive powerhouse. So to be able to do that, it's crazy. We sent six people in the draft from just the defense side of the ball that year. All of my friends were there. 
you know, during the senior bowl process, they break off and they branch and do interviews. Where I remember coming back to dinner and we all sat together at the Florida State table and everybody had had an interview and I had only had one. And in my interview, they spent the entire time talking about Xavier Rhodes. Oh, <laughs> no. Not so, even you? Oh, I, they didn't ask me one question about myself. So the they interviewed inter So, Ramon, you already know what type of person I am and how I wired and what that did to me. Yeah. So the only person I talked to besides that one interview, I'm not going to say the team that did that, but the only person I talked to was Kevin Colbert. Yeah. And he walked up to me, and because of my relationship with Ike Taylor, Tom mm -hmm. Shaw, Kevin Colbert had knew who I was because Ike Taylor had been like, draft Vince. Draft him. I've known Vince since he was 15. Draft Vince. He is a stealer. Just draft him. Like, yeah. he, like we didn't make him this way. He's just like this. <laughs> so Kevin Colbert came up to me. He was like, hey, we're not going to do an interview. We're going to bring in for a visit. We don't even really need to talk. I know who you are. We'll get we'll get to this. And I was wow. like, cool. So I was just at the senior bowl splashing people. I was just <laughs> knocking people out because I was so pissed by the fact that I was around all these people that I felt were inferior to me. I'm like, yo, these linebackers really are trash. Yeah. Like, cause you hear so much about the SEC and you hear so much about these big name guys. Yeah. And I was a football fanatic, so I watched a ton of football. I knew most of these guys, and I was like, man. You know, Jimbo did a great job of manipulating us into staying humble by yeah. kind of convincing us that we weren't we weren't as good as we really were. He did a great job. <laughs> yeah, he kept us very humble. Yeah. But when we all went out there, I was like, "Oh, you guys are horrible! Like you guys are not good at football." I love that. I love that B because it confirms what you thought. It confirmed, but it also lets you know you belong too, Vinny. And I, is that what you got out of it? Like, you know you did, but to actually see it and embrace that, you actually felt like, yeah, I belong in this thing. Oh, man, Ramon, when I got to the Senior Bowl, I knew I was going to be able to play in the NFL for as long as I wanted to play. Yeah. I was like, okay, now this is just a matter of where I go and how early I go. Yeah. Like, I knew I could go and I could play, but, you know, my agent told me I would be a fringe person getting drafted, which I was. I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't oblivious to that. I was slow. I wasn't that athletic. So I man. knew. You know what I mean? I knew, but I wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to test well. And, you know, testing well can really determine where you slide within the scale. I hate it. I hate it, Vinny. As, we, as it's combine season right now, and that's you you actually, like, leading me to my other questions, though, too, Vinny, that I have for you, man, is, and this is just a conversation, ain't even really a question. I got bullet points I want to hit on, but, again, you you embrace the underdog role, but four star, like I said, that didn't your, your athletic ability didn't get that for you. You say your tenacity, what they saw on film, what type of player you were going to be is what got you those four stars. And I think that's important, too, because it does matter when you're looking for that validation. And as pro athletes, as strong mentally, physically, like we all look for that. Correct. Yeah. But Ramon, I was terrifying in high school. Yeah, like I was Polk County player of the year which is very difficult to do on my side of the county. It usually yeah. goes to where Pouncey's from, the Lakeland side. Mm -hmm. But people used to drive to come see me play. Yeah. Well, Polk County's huge on football, like I just said. But if people had bye weeks in the county, they used to be like, we have to go see Vince Williams wow. play because he's going to throw somebody into the stands. Like, I created a spectacle and a, and a level of mystique around my play because of my hard body tenacity yeah and it became like a legend of sorts like i don't want to say you know what i mean but it just became no, but like it's real that. it's a lot of notoriety like people are like man this man vince plays with a level of violence that you're not gonna see an 18 year old play with like it's wow. it's very uncommon to see a person dominate a game from a defensive perspective just because the other team runs out of running backs 
Yeah. And and what's what's so <laughs> that's crazy to even think about, man. And like I always like the reference to for the our listeners that you know follow us and and, and go watch and hear this, Vinny. Like people wonder how you get to this point. Like when they say athletes, man, you guys trick yourselves into anything. Like all the things that you said, you know, the physicality I think was gonna come natural for you, but like the mental side of what you did and were committed to doing. Like that, honestly, like you said, spotting guys coming inside of those buildings, like you can tell a starter, non-starter, be here for a year, maybe two years. Like it's more mental than physical when it comes down to your approach to not quitting and being successful. Well, for me, Moan, that came from how I was raised. I go yeah. back, man. Velzina, my mama Velzina, I love her so much. I take care of this day. I don't care what happens in my life. She will always be a staple in my life because she's yeah. an crazy she she's ridiculous, Ramon. I love her so much. I Absolutely. get worked up sometimes when I think about the amount of sacrifice she made for us because my mom was a working mom. You know what I mean? Yep. And it was many days that I didn't get to spend time with my mom. And now that we're older, I talk about it and I tell her that her working so much kind of took her out of her femininity. She really couldn't be there to be that soft, loving, caring mom. But all I had was the opportunity to just go and show her my appreciation when she came to my games. Yeah. And she always made time to come and watch me compete. And I knew that I had to be like do my best because in reality, Friday day Fridays might be the only day that week I truly get to spend with my mom. Yeah. So I get to show her what I've been working on. You know what I mean? It was like a present a presentation to my mom and to show her a tribute to her of all the things that I've been able to accomplish because of her hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, so I yeah. wanted to show that level of dedication and respect, and that's why I played so hard. Yeah. But to answer your question, Ramon, people have different and varying levels of that intensity and what got them there. They have different levels of passion about their why yeah. and grit associated with it. So when you see people who aren't like that and their commitment level ain't high, it's easy to see. It's like you're a weenie. Like I know you are. You haven't you haven't been played it up in a type of way. Where I'm gonna be able to look to you in the fourth quarter and you're gonna commit to it. Like I yeah. know you ain't happy. Yeah. And and Vinny, just some dynamic on you, man. Just to go in deeper, like as as you worked for it and grind for it, like the family dynamic too of let's say your brother, Carlos Los. Like I know I've we've had conversations, like you said, me, I wasn't a speed guy, I was a strength guy, I was a mental guy, I was gonna beat you down. I would tell you if it was a game between me and you, I'm gonna step on your neck to get what I want. But was it funny being able to watch him behind you? Just his level of athleticism just come easy, and you just be like, dang, why didn't I get that one right there? You know what I'm saying? Or just the appreciation of your little brother being able to, you know, kind of grind out a little bit easier path because of what you laid down a little bit. See, no, Ramon, it's my spiritual that keeps me in tune with this. I don't think anything happens for a reason. I think God put people in your life for a reason. Okay. I got to experience Jarvis Jones, Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier, yeah. who so happened to be the exact same age as Carlos. Carlos Williams is my little brother for the people who don't know. Yeah. So I, people who are blessed with a tremendous amount of talent, they have different obstacles in life, Ramon. Yeah. And I'm not going to look at the obstacles that they have in their life and say that they're less or worse than mine. Right. Because my little brother, he couldn't develop a seriousness about the game the way that I did because it was easy for him. Ramon, me and you have never scored five touchdowns in a game. I've seen my little brother, when they talk about turn it off and turn it on, I've seen him just be like, all right, man, give me the ball. Four quarter, <laughs> give me the ball. I'm going to score three times in eight minutes, and we're going to go home. Everybody happy tonight. Wow. So he had different ta- challenges in life. Yeah. Football, 
the on the field things were not his challenges. It was the staying discipline. You know how hard it is to work more when you're naturally just talented yeah. at things. Yeah. And you don't really have the appetite for the Hall of Fame. My little brother didn't want to go to Hall of Fame. Football was fun. Yeah. He didn't really truly want to be fantastic at it. He just, you know, it wasn't really his thing. You know, God mm -hmm. blessed him with a tremendous opportunity, but he much rather coach and train. He's yeah. always been much more of a support person than he was an actual factual. Like he would much rather be the surgeon holding the knife than the actual knife. Yeah. Way since we were little in everything we've ever played in his life. He's always served in that kind of support role capacity. So him being the guy that people try to make be the do the things was very uncomfortable for him. I They're like, that. Carlos, be the leader. Get up and talk. He's like, I don't want to do that. That's not my strong suit. It's a challenge for him. He's like, man, get Vince to do it. <laughs> like, like, Vince, tell me where to go and what to do. Let's go yeah. do it. But he didn't want to be that guy. So he had his own difficulties in life. And I learned that from watching Shazier and watching all the, like, you would think that Shazier was just, just God's gift of football in a lot of ways. And athletically, he was super duper blessed, but he had to go through a mirror to other challenges to be yeah. able to be that good. And a lot of people don't see that. We just see the results from the football field. That's why I love football. That's why I love the NFL, because it's a combination of a bunch of different people. We all yeah. come into this building. We all have different varying levels of exposure to the game. And why we love the game, or if we even love the game, or what it got us here, how it got us here is completely different. Yeah. That's, that's deep right there. That's very in-depth right there. And you're 100% correct. The makeup of a team is and, – and, and, of course, I just bring that up in a sense of, like, there's different dynamics in how success is kind of measured and looking your pathway to it, too. And I, you, I think we all ask that question time and time again. It's like, man, how come that guy didn't make it? Or how come that guy did? Man, I'm way better athlete than that dude. It's like, no, you don't know what they're – like you said, their comfort levels or what they're willing to do to actually get to those levels of steady success. And I think that's the separator right there. How consistently can you be at being successful? Oh, for sure. Consistency is key. I like I look a lot of times I just start with discipline. I start with the discipline they have, well, the commitment. Mm -hmm. The commitment comes from the belief in it. So if you don't have a great deal of belief, you don't have a great deal of discipline, you're not gonna be able to be committed and stay consistent in it. And that's probably why you're gonna fail. Now, what leads a person to that could be a bunch of reasons. Like I know yeah. people that just love money, and that's enough. <laughs> That's true. You look at him and they're just like, he's like, I don't care about football, but I like paper. I like money. We know a guy, he's an office alignment. He is straight up financially motivated. He don't care. He's like, hey, I'm going to drive this truck yeah. and I'm going to play football and I'm going to be rich. Yeah. And that's good enough for me. And that's good <laughs> enough for me, man. And that's okay. It is. It's because it's the doing the job aspect of it that's always important. Do you do the job or do you not? And I think that's that's the best part. For sure. Uh, Vindy, I, I got to ask you this. It's still eccentric in a sense, man. I feel like I was after examining how my career kind of unfolded. And maybe this is the way the culture uh, kind of molded me. Do you think you were born to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and play linebacker in that room, man? I think I was very fortunate that the Pittsburgh Steelers found me. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I think they're fortunate. They benefited yeah. from it. Oh, yeah. heck yeah. I think they definitely benefited. But I think that go we uh, – I don't want to – I love the Steelers, right? So I don't yeah. want to critique them too much. But I think it's very key and critical that they find players like Ramon Foster's, Vince Williams. You got to find those guys. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to build your team around those guys. You need your danger fields. Yeah. You need your Robert Spillane's. They're very yeah. critical to the success of that team. Like a lot of people think the engine that drives the teams are your first rounders. 
It's not. Like, those guys make plays, but you need to find those guys Mm -hmm. that came from the nowhere that you gave an opportunity to that really fit the culture of the team. You need Mm -hmm. them. They are the critical part of your team. And I think that the Steelers found a great thing in me, and I found a great thing in them. I tell people all the time I love Mike T because he gave me an opportunity to just be myself. Ramon, you remember we were at practice when I don't know if people noticed when I threw my helmet at Jerry O. Yeah. I tripped out. Yeah. I tripped out. I threw my helmet at my coach. And everybody was like, what? What's going on? He's great. Like, he's he's tripping. So the next day, I went, I told my T, and I was like, man, my T, I'm sorry that happened. I was just real frustrated, you know? I was currently playing behind Lawrence and Shazier. I wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And it was my contract year, and I wasn't feeling like I was given an opportunity to even perform, to even show my worth. And uh, he just was like, hey, Vince, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. You're a very passionate, caring guy. Everybody in this building knows that, and we love you for it. So, hey, don't do it again, but that's cool. You know what I mean? Things happen. And then he walked away. Like, it wasn't even a long conversation. He just was like, hey, you're a passionate guy. We know you love the game. We know you committed. Just, you know, try to control that, keep it in check, and we'll move on with our day. I didn't get fined anything. He's just like, all right, go. And and that's that's one side of it too. I think people don't understand enough because everybody's looking for the new hot shot or when we're gonna get to the Super Bowl or you know when we're gonna win this many games in the playoffs and stuff like that. That is one side I, I consistently say about Mike T. And yes, you can call him Mike T because you have a relationship like that. I know a lot of you call him Coach Tom. No, 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 no. You don't understand the dynamics of that room or how our relationships develop with him when you've been around him for a long amount of time. And that's what I kind of want to ask you too, like. What, what has he meant to the, the, the game of football? And like you said, allow you to curate yourself. You know how I was in meetings. Oh, yeah. On the practice field. Our group in general, like the idea that you are a human being and allowed to be Vince. I'm allowed to be Ramon. AB was allowed to be himself. Like all of that is okay within the reasons of winning and stability as a head coach. How did you feel about him as a head coach? Okay, for those of you followers of Ramon that don't know, Ramon is a great leader, but he's very cynical. So you got to convince him. But if you convince Ramon, you convince about two-thirds of the room. So, so it's, it's a good idea, to, but you it's hard. It's hard to convince him, too, because he's a skeptic. So, But he's a great leader. Once he's bought in, he's bought in. So, But Mike T knows this, right? So yeah. he's like, all right. A lot of times I got to talk to Ramon to convince Ramon so that Ramon can convince others. But if I don't sell Ramon on this, I, this, I probably shouldn't even be selling this, really. Go ahead. You know what I mean? And that's just, but Mike T knows that. Like, people say a player's coach, and they assume that that means that he lets us do whatever we want to do. Yeah. No, Mike T coaches the players that we are individually. He does not try to find a cookie-cutter strategy and then plug people in. He plugs the strategy around the players. He's like, what do I have here? He looks at every player as a diamond. He looks at every player as a first-rounder in their own regard. And then he cultivates a culture and a strategy around making that player specifically successful. And it's a unique way to go about the game. I I dabble in coaching now, and I steal so much from them because I see in today's level of of coaching, they just want to run a system, and they want to find the players that they can plug in to run their system. Mike T's like, it's not the system. I have these type of players. What can I do to accommodate their individual talents and their collective skills and talents? And how do we put the best product with that level of skill on the field? And that's what make them unique. It's like, man, I have these group of guys 
how do I get these guys perform at their best level collectively and individually? And I'm going to coach to that. And that's what makes him spectacular. And if anybody else wants to learn how to do that, watch him. Watch yeah. how he gets it done. We went eight and eight with Duck at quarterback. Come on, man. Come on, respect like, to him, but like, yeah. I mean, respect to Duck, but come on, man. Let's let's be real. Like, people don't understand how many times we would have actually not had winning seasons without just Mike T. And how yeah. he takes chicken and turn it into chicken salad. Yeah. But we know we're just not gonna speak about it because we're never gonna talk poorly. Like I, I would never do that. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna bring it to light because I always feel like we actually do have a chance of winning. But a lot of that comes from Mike T. It does. That's that's what we believe. We believe he's going to put us in position to win. He's going to orchestrate a solid plan, regardless mm -hmm. of who. Duck felt confident. Duck felt like he was going to go out there and let it rip and win. And when he felt that way, we felt that way about Duck. Yep. And it starts top down. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's I, I say that, and it's good. Like, I didn't have to – I never coached you. We never talked about this in that capacity, Vince. And, and when you talk about, like, consistency of being at the door knocking and of course the league is hard the nfl is a hard league to play in events and we can go more into that but I, I just gotta ask you too man everybody wants to be in the nfl you're accepted you play your role the more you can do mantra but what did it actually mean for you man to get that starting role opening day start events and to hold on to it and be one of those dudes that was a tone setter for that team um, so you gotta you man, you gotta realize what you offer, right? Servitude, yeah. ser like to be able to be a service, to be be of service to somebody. Like, know what I mean? I had to provide something for this team. It wasn't mm -hmm. what the Pittsburgh Steelers could do for me. They had already invested into me. Yeah. I already had got the check. It wasn't the 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 extended contract check, but they drafted me. Yeah. Now it's about what can I provide for this team? What level is my usefulness gonna be to this team? And I always took it that way, and I was very appreciative. Like, guys used to be like, oh, Vince, man, you show up every day, and you have this energy about you every day. And it's like, well, guys, I love football, and I'm being provided an opportunity to do this. I'm one of the best middle linebackers in the world. Regardless of what Twitter says, only American football is played in America. That means if I'm a starter, I'm one of the best 32 middle linebackers on planet Earth. On the Earth. On the earth, there's very few people. When I say very few, think about the numbers that can even do what I do. Yeah. So my level of appreciation for that and for the opportunity, sky high. Yeah. Like the least I can do is come out here and be useful with a smile on my face. You know? Yeah. So I think that that was able, that, that allowed me to have a level of longevity in the game because my pre appreciation and my appreciation drove my work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other part, too, of, of that becoming a starter, you having to go through special teams and play that role and be an attitude guy for so long, too. And all of that, though, you, <clears throat> I like to call them those aha moments. What was yours? Mine personally was probably going into my second year thinking I was going to be a starter after starting four games or um, the, the idea that they draft somebody right behind me and just realize, like, man. They really do do this every year. Or my rookie year in camp, Vinny, where I had a coach tell me, look, it's 273s out here. This ain't college. We don't do double numbers. Y'all can't stay. Like, only one of you can stay. What was your, like, aha moment of, like, I'm playing a game, but it really is a business? Oh, man. I'm telling you, I, I got that my second year when they drafted Ryan. You know, Larry <laughs> Foote went down. They tried to replace me with a veteran. He couldn't get it done. Yeah. All of the veterans came in and they vouched for me. And they were like, Vince can get it done. 
And I went in and I had my learning. You know, I wasn't good. I was a six rounder, forced into the starting role, was right. inactive the first game. And, you know, I had my issues. But then Ryan coming in the next year, really, like, I didn't say it humbled me. I was already in a pretty humble position, but it just showed me, like, yo, you still have to have a level, a level of usefulness and you got to figure this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ramon, you remember me? I used to scream it all the time during training camp. I was like, somebody's going to be coaching PE. <laughs> At the end of training camp, and they're going to be talking, telling all their family and friends that it was a numbers game. Yep. And that person not going to be me. Yeah. So I got to figure it out. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's unique, man, because <clears throat> you do play and love the game. Everybody does. But, like, understanding what your role is. Like, I knew I wasn't going to be one of those out front offensive linemen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just running down the sideline on screens. My role, look, I'm going to seal this front side and let y'all do what I do. But that's my value. You have no ego in that. And I think sometimes guys get lost in, in what their role on the NFL team or just in sports is, too, because they feel like they're more important. It's not that you're not important. It's the fact that, look, it's OK to be the three coming off, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, but I knew that I was paid in my value role. Like once yeah. I became a special team player, I became the best special teams player. Yeah. So you know yeah. what I mean, Ramon? Like, it was like for me, it was just another opportunity to rise. And it's all football. Yep. Like, regardless of whatever your capacity is, work and do it to the best of your abilities. I think this goes back to me just also being a faith-based person. Yep. You know what I mean? I really believe that I was God blessed me with my athletic ability. I was yeah. fortunate that my mom and my dad was athletic and tall. And that presented <laughs> me with an opportunity to be able to play this game. Because I could have been born 5'5", five five, but I wasn't. <laughs> That's so, the first step. <laughs> my, yeah, so so you know what I mean? I, had a, I felt like I had an obligation to fulfill yeah my destiny and at least fulfill the top levels of my talent yeah why would i not be the first person down why would i not go down there and go and collect the ball carry with me yeah. being able to hit how i hit i'm gonna try to jar ball loose yeah that's that's value yeah. you know what i mean and teams are gonna keep valuable people mm -hmm. man i tell people all the time i signed my extension for a special teams deal it was a three-year seven million dollar deal yeah. And they were like, how'd you do that, Vince? I said, I led the team special team tackles from the day I started playing special teams. And I was whacking folks down. Man. Yeah, you are. So the the entertainment factor in that, how I pseudo-embodied what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and the, the fan base, they love it. Yeah. It's a defensive yeah. ran town. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I was a useful, I was a valuable person. I was in the community I was working. I was a very visible person. Mm -hmm. You could talk to me. I was approachable on social media. That's a guy that people want around. Yo. And I knew that I had value, whether it was starting and playing 85% of the snaps or what I was doing, I knew it was a valuable thing to do. And I was, yeah. I, I love doing it. <clears throat> I tell mm -hmm. people, I was like, man, I used to play 12 plays a game and get paid $150,000 a week. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Vinny, <laughs> I'm, can I be real with you real quick? Yeah. I never had that luxury, man. That was one of those things I was like, dang. Like, because, you know, you meet, not in a jealousy aspect or anything like that, but you look at guys be like, you ain't even playing. You're getting the full pay right now, man. But that's, there's also non-perks in that, too, because you're unless you're producing like yourself on special teams or got a very unique skill set, as Coach Tomlin like to say, they're going to find another one that can do that. For example, Ramon, I just told Marcus Allen this. I went back to the Steelers facility. I was participating in a little practice. He was like, Vince, how'd you get your special team deal? I was like, man, Marcus, I had 25 and 26 special teams tackles in one season. There's 16 games in the season. Do the math. This isn't even counting touchbacks and touchbacks and fair catches. Yeah. 
So it was a time where every time the ball was punted or kicked, Vince was making a tackle. Yeah. That's a valuable guy. In one season, I think I had like 10 tackles inside the 20 for a 250-pound linebacker who wasn't a gunner. Right. That means I was defeating blocks, defeating wedges, and still getting down and making tackles inside the 20. We know that when you make a sack tackle inside the 20, chances are when they start a drive inside of the 20, you probably only have a 90% chance to even score if they don't convert that first first down. Right. So keep it in the perspective how valuable I actually was, knowing that and leveraging that to my advantage was critical. And, and that kept you around. We've seen other guys make careers out, and then you become a starter. Like, And and, and this is the thing, too. The Steeler culture kind of breed, breed those type of players at times. So, well, you, you do it for yourself for the most part. I know Brett Kiesel. You know, one of the things he said, like, he got his first shakes on special teams before he actually got an opportunity to start on D-line. Well, I think they just tell you the truth. I think Mike T is an honest guy. I think Danny Smith is an honest guy. Yeah. So I think when they tell you the truth, if you give a person truth and honesty – you can arm them with the ability to make adjustments to find usefulness in what you say. Right. If you ask your coaches for the Steelers, hey, what is my role? What purpose do I serve here? Top-down leadership, they're going to be able to tell you, this is what you're here to do. Yep. This is why we pay you. <laughs> like They're yep. going to tell you the truth. This, yep. this is what you do. If you ask a veteran how they feel about you, they're going to look in your face and be like, man, this is how we feel. Yep. This is why we feel the way we feel. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? So I felt like sitting in... Y'all used to look forward to special teams Thursday. We did. Yeah. We did. Guys and defensive guys like, man, who did Rosie events kill this week? (laughs) (laughs) Or or danger always there? Yeah. Who did they kill this week? The the band. That's what what they called y'all. The band. But that's – so it's a value there. You know what I mean? And Danny Smith used to tell us. He's like, yo, this is your value. He's like, Danny Smith, one of his greatest mantras, hey, I know you want to be the starting linebacker. I want to be the head coach. But guess what? You're not, and I'm not. So we better take care of our jobs right here so we can continue to feed our kids. It's funny you say that uh, as far as knowing your role. Like, I never had to be told mine. I got it. I understood it. You know what I'm saying? I could tell you this, and you'd probably be like, yeah, no, my role was be the leader that's going to talk up and say something inside our room. Keep them light. Keep them in order. Block the front side so Dave can get around the edge and be really good in pass pro. Oh, yeah. I didn't, again, Marquise and Dave, they were the ones down the sideline or the ones pulling for NFL films. It didn't bother me because I knew me and Al on the front side could wall off so those two can clear and make hay. I was okay with that, Vince. That's fine. That's a great job, man. That's a great job. It's a sweet job. It is. I think that, um, Nowadays, with social media, people want to be more than what they are. They don't want to deal with the truth. I think the level of accountability has gone down. It's plummeted, right? Yeah. Because people just don't want to face the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't want to hear it. I think that my humble beginnings and how I came into the NFL, the chip on my shoulder was carved because people always told me what I wasn't. Yeah. I think it's harder for people who've always been told something that they're not. They live in a mm-hmm. sense of delusion, and they don't want to crumble that fragile reality around them. Miles already crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I came in with no ego. Yeah. It, was, it was a comfortable way to survive. Yeah. When you're an underdog, you can't be a bust. I used to tell people this all the time. I could not bust out because right. everybody was expecting me to fail anyway. Anything I did was looked at as upside because mm-hmm. I wasn't looked at to contribute at all. Right. So it was, it was bonus. Easy. It wasn't yeah. a level of pressure. All the pressure I put, I put on myself. 
Yo, there wasn't no pressure on me to succeed. They was waiting on me to fail. That's <laughs> so true, Vinny. And yeah. the, the other thing too, I think, would be a characteristic of yours and mine. You better bring it. Like oh, yeah. that was day in and day out. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's it's easy to understand, man. It's, and it's this guy, I want to ask you about him. Y'all relationship, y'all good buddies, man. Y'all played together too. Shazier, I remember when he came in, and I'm trying to block you and him on scout team, and I'm going up to Shazier because he's a young rookie. He don't look like a linebacker. He won't hit me head on, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is this dude? Why is he like that? And y'all relationship on how you played versus how he played and what you meant to the defense and what he meant to the defense, man, what was that like after defining y'all roles like that, Vinny? Because I remember when Shea got hurt, we had that conversation about, you know, the defense trying to grow. And you said this, man. I, I'm pretty sure it was you. You was like, man, y'all understand it's taking three guys to do what uh, what Shazer did? You know what I'm yeah. saying as far as after he got hurt? Uh, so I sent out a tweet explaining our relationship, and I'm not that good when it comes to putting thought to pen and paper. A lot of people would disagree, but I'm really not. So if I can take <laughs> the time to explain that. It wasn't that I ever did not like Shazier. It was the fact that we were in competition for the same spot. Mm -hmm. And after going out to Arizona and training and working out with him, we grew a brotherhood because even though he was so talented, he had alopecia. Yeah. He had um, scoliosis. A lot of things in his life. A lot of people doubt he was undersized. Mm -hmm. You know, in his mind, Shazier's mind, he is an underdog. You yeah. can't convince him. That he's a front runner. He doesn't buy into it. He doesn't believe it. He truly believes in his heart of hearts that the world is against him and he's chomping at the bit trying to get it done. And we found I found a kindred spirit in that. Yeah. So our competition became a brotherhood because we both truly wanted to be the best and to prove everybody wrong. Mm -hmm. And we knew we could do that together. Yeah. Like, oh, we can do this together. You get yeah. all the picks, I get all the sacks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with. I remember I used to tell Bud and TJ that. Yeah. And and they found Bud and TJ found a special connection because yeah. TJ was the whole milk drinking in the morning, white bread, straight back upright. Firm handshake, white guy from Wisconsin. Yep. And Bud was the neck tattoo, ski mask, go to young Dolph listening to dude from Georgia. And that made a beautiful blend. So beautiful. To it and Cam. Cam is the lighthearted, jovial, immature at times. Yeah. Is the I'm 45 years old, but I just so happen to be 23. Notre Dame guy. Notre Notre Dame guy. <laughs> Super grown. Just Student talk guy. to you like a uh like he's got five kids already. My name is yes. Stefan. Yeah, yeah. That was I think I found that, right? I found yeah. that in Shazier. I think he found that in me, and it really clicked. And I think that for our defense to work, you gotta have that. Yeah. First of all, Ryan Shazier covered up everything in the back end. Secondly, I added a six rusher to the front to the five man front. Okay. It's very difficult to deal with when you have six capable rush six capable rushers in your front seven. It's nuts. Think about yeah. it, Mo. You're a lineman. You all yeah. they, instead of the line, the offensive line always has an advantage. Mm -hmm. They have more to block than you have to bring them. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case for the Steelers. Nope. I'm a capable rusher. You can put me over a guard. I'm gonna hold my own. I may not win that much, but I might win. Mm -hmm. And you took that serious too, by That's the way. It. Because yep. I didn't have to cover anybody. Imagine having a friend, right? So I was always insecure about my coverage abilities. It was never developed at Florida State. They were always like, ah, we'll just get somebody else to cover Vince. You just do your job. I get to the NFL. My entire time I'm trying to become a pro, everybody's 
hounding me about my coverage abilities. Yeah. I meet Ryan and Mike T. They're like, they're not going to cover anybody. They're <laughs> 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 like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're not covering. The- Ryan, you cover everybody. <laughs> and he did, and man. He did. Yeah. He was, he was supposed to blitz. He's like, bye, Vince. Go blitz, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, go blitz. I'm like, thank you. Now I feel like I got to win. Yeah. Because your homeboy got your back. Yeah. It, it raises the intensity of what you got to do because now you got somebody that's looking out for you. It changes mm-hmm. the dynamic now. Now it ain't just a job to do. Mm-hmm. Now it's a sense of accountability there. I don't want to let him down. Yeah. Imagine and- if he gives me a blitz, he's going to cover freaking a, a, a 4-3 wide receiver. Right. And I have to go and uh, work pressure. Move on a running back yeah. and I get blocked. Yeah. Who really, like, he took that for me. So I'm like, I'm not going to let that go down. If I get an opportunity to go and get an advantageous rush opportunity when he's got an extremely difficult coverage job, you know, I got to capitalize. Yeah. You know I, mean? I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to let the one down to actually bit the bullet for me. Yeah. And, and on top way, of that, it's urgency. if you don't do it and he's somewhat capable of doing that, that minimizes you even more. Yeah, because he can do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you? You're not useful at all. <laughs> you can't do this, and you can't even do that. But but th- that's so cool though, because I felt like our building the culture inside that locker room, and I've I've got homeboys on other teams, and guys have come from other teams, and they say that type of stuff like like it's just different inside our locker rooms, and it always has. Like Vinny, Vinny you're still a for life because you only play for him. So am I, but. I don't know about a. We'd have seen this type of stuff in other locker rooms, even in, in in New England. They won, you know, Super Bowls or Kansas City, and the way they are right now. Or it's been other guys come from other teams and acknowledge, like, yeah, y'all got something different here, man. I think you and Shazier's relationship kind of exemplifies that. It really shows that, man. I think that they figure it out a different way. I met Flores, right? As yeah. soon as I met Flores, I was like, ha, you're a Patriot guy. <laughs> Yeah, John Boston. I was like, "Oh, you're a Patriot dude." You're a Patriot dude. I could tell. You could just tell because that's who they try to get in their building. Culture, yeah. culture is all type of different type of things. Winning is. culture is built in a variety of ways. It yeah. just depends on how you want to go about building. It. I mm-hmm. think me and you, Mom, would have got fired from other places a couple times. Easily, we would have been fired, Easily. and that's okay too because we didn't fit. Like everything just isn't for you. But the Steelers were for us, and we were for them too. Wow. So it worked out. I think that um. How they go about engineering that, it's very smart. I think it fits the, the city. I think yep. it fits the team. I think you need the, the way you want Steelers football to look, it has to look a certain way because we're the entertainment business. Yep. We can't go out there and just engineer wins and we can't look like the Chiefs <laughs> because nobody wants to give up 40 points in Pittsburgh, even if you win by 50. <laughs> they, don't see that. they would lose their minds, man. They like, don't when, care. No. They uh, don't see that. Especially, and you know it to be true when you have uh, the legend himself, Joe Green, get you know on TV, get on on social media, wherever it was, just saying this ain't how we play ball like that. I felt that, Vinny, and oh. I don't even play defense. You feel me? Like, huh? Yeah. Um. The 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 other side of that too, though, man, is um. I gotta ask you because I don't think I've ever asked. I know we talked as a team. You were on the field. How how was that since he hit Vinny? Or oh, that, that shade moment. moment. I remember being out there, but I wasn't playing beside him like you, man. And I don't think I ever asked you because everybody just kind of backed off of it a little bit in the sense. With, with Hamlin, it was so bad for me. It changed my life forever, man. For real? It really, it changed the way that I think. That's the why I retired. Like, it had a huge impact on why I retired after only playing eight years 
physically, I really could have probably played two more, probably three yep. more if I stretched it out. But for I definitely could have played ten years easily. But it was so bad that even when Hamlin got hurt, I cried a little bit and I had to cut the game off because I had PTSD. Like, yeah, it really I, I cried. Like my wife was like, "You okay?" I'm like, "I can't deal with this." Like I had an emotional reaction because watching that happen took me straight back yeah you know i couldn't believe that i wasn't even able really i don't even i don't know how i don't know how i was able to continue playing the game i don't either it wasn't it was just a crazy thing for me it really changed my life in a way like it changed my relationship with the game of football and uh especially because we made the tackle together routine tackles together all the time you know what i mean it happens all the day it happens every day we do this this is our jobs we play Mm -hmm. together we make tackles together and then after that just losing your friend Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember we, me and Ryan used to always come and eat in the morning with Brandon Hunt and Kevin Colbert. We would come eat breakfast and break down film. And I remember that day coming back and just and not being there. And yeah. it's just like, man, like, oh. I, I know I tiptoed through the end of that game because I myself had an epidural. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the year I also got like a five inch needle in my neck to kind of like stabilize like some nerves in my spine. So, like, that was real close for me as far as like, man, that I told I told guys next to him, I'm like, damn, that that could be me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm sure you felt that way. And you're right, DeMar Hamlin's situation, like hits now watching the game. I I cringe just a little bit. I enjoy it. I love football. My kids played it. My youngest is chomping at the bit to play it right now, Vinny. Uh tackle football it is, but like I I'm I was in the same boat with you on that one. I mean, it actually made me – so it it turned – for as a coach and a parent. First yeah. of all, I, I think I answered your question about the way it made me feel. Yeah, yeah, you I did. I think that was very obvious. Now to switch gears and to talk about as a coach and how it changed my view on football, oh, it's just making it more serious to me now. Now I tell people all the time, hey, if your son is not a football player, don't let him play. Mm-mm. But if he is, let him go and explain the risks associated with it. It's all any career that you want to pursue that you're going to pursue at a high level is going to be some risk associated with it. Mm-hmm. People that work computers, their fingers hurt, their backs hurt. It's it's not healthy to work 12 hour days or to commit yourself to that level of excellence at anything that you do. Yeah. It's dangerous at all levels. Uh, my sister's a nurse. She's having back issues right now after being a nurse. You know what I mean? Walking mm-hmm. around, helping people, moving people in and out of beds and things. It's all we're all beating ourselves down. Know what I mean? Yeah. I think that when you look at the risk versus the reward, that my sister's never gonna make fifty million dollars doing that. Right. Know what I mean? So I have a kid who's exceptional. He loves the game and he understands associated risk. And as a parent, if I understand the associated risk, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, let's go do it. Right now, my sons want to do it. I'm like, hey, as long as you continue to grow and you stay and you stay within the eighty percentile of height and weight. We're rocking with it. We're good. You know what I mean? But if you ever slip, if I ever feel that you're not dominant, you're coming out. Yeah. I'm not going to let you go out there and get crushed for the love of the game. No, you have to be able to compete at this level. If, you, oh. if you're if you a small guy and you're fast and you're jittery and you don't take much hits and you're still able to be an all-star and dominate, I'm going to let you play. Absolutely. That's that's what I tell because I have parents. I'm sure you do too, Vinny. Actually, you know, when do you let your kids play? And I'm like, look, that's up to the parent, number one. But it's also a matter of what what position your kid is playing and how effective will he be? 
my youngest is chomping, like I said, to play tackle, and they got fifth and sixth grade leagues. And he's a, you know, like you said, that percentile, he's above that. But the fact that he's going to end up being a lineman more likely than not, you know, he's not going to play quarterback, receiver, although he want to be a running back. He's going to be D-line, Vinny, and he's going to be O-line in some capacity. And I got to let him know before taking that risk of putting him out there, one, I don't want him to play to the seventh grade. Call me what you want on that solve. Like, nah, I know what the game is. If you're good and you got it, you're going to be all right. But I need him to understand. And it's for parents, too. Like, football, you, you got to do exactly what you say you're going to do. Oh, it's the sure. only sport. <laughs> and I say this, the level of physicality, you got to go administer that, and you got to be okay with receiving it, too. And that's what I tell parents when it comes down to, should I let them play as a five-year-old? Hey, that's your decision. But understand, Vinny, the level of physicality don't stop. It just increases. Um, Definitely, right? So for me, this is what I would – I mean, as your friend, Ron, I would tell you the same thing because I think the last few years I've been out of football, I'm a football fanatic, so I've really just been diving into football. Yeah. I know that football is what's going to be next for me in my life. So this is what I would like to tell every parent that's watching this that may ask you this question. This is the Vince Williams answer. Uh, I let my kids play football right now because it's not a competitive league. They are well within the ranges of the sizes. We have a size restriction on our leagues. And from my own personal view and my experiences with this league, it is not as violent as yeah. some other leagues that may be out there in football. They aren't those highly competitive car crashes. Right now, my sons get a great opportunity to develop aggression, character, discipline, they get great skill work. Mm -hmm. Like, know what I mean? Like, I don't, as a youth football coach, I don't do a lot of headbutting drills. I, I teach it. great proper technique. I teach great football fundamentals and I do a lot of skill development. So, it really depends on the type of coach that you have, too. Anybody could come and play with our coach. We never have, we rarely ever have injuries. Now, there's going to be some injuries in the game, but from my coaching, we don't just out there beating the kids up. Right. We do smart tackling drills. Everything that we do is for a purpose and for a reason. We teach great technique. My kids get a tremendous amount of skill work. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid, like I have one son who is a lineman, and I have another son who's a running back. My son that's a running back, we do a great job of talking about being elusive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it's not about being the guy that just run everybody over. Yeah, you can be the bus if you're bigger than the people tackling you, but just explain it to them at a young age, and now it's about evasion. Yeah, I don't want a hard body running back on any level unless he's bigger than the people tackling him. If you have Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and these guys, absolutely run through him. You're not going to be taking that much damage anyway because they're going to be taking the damage trying to tackle you. Yep. But if I have an undersized running back, why would I be telling him to run these kids over? That's facts. I'm like, yeah, you could finish this run aggressively with a shoulder down, but finish the run and use your attributes. Use your feet. Evade. Yeah. If you're on the sideline and you can have a collision right here, if you have an opportunity to cut back and evade the tackler, evade them. Yeah. So I think that it's on the onus of the coaches to actually be able to develop these kids for the new age game. Our coaches were archaic. They were cavemen. <sighs> Everything was just headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. That is not how the game is played anymore. And I know that's crazy for people watching this to see Vince Williams talk about that. <laughs> I'm not talking about lacking physicality. I'm talking about appropriate aggression and appropriate yep. physicality. Wow. I have a son. Most of my most of my linemen, they block double teams. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, you don't have to just headbutt this kid. You and him together jump him and drive him off the ball. 
Yep. <laughs> Facts. I, I'm, and, and that's my biggest thing, too. And I, I actually have a pro, ex-pro guy that's coaching this fifth and sixth grade team here. So I, I trust him. But I, you know how it is, Vinny. With the olders, I had a rule and I stuck by it. And the youngest, I'm over here like, man, do I break this rule for him? Because I know he's ready. Yes, Mo, you break it. You break it because break every it. kid is not the same kid. And on top of that, Mo, for example, right, you the bigger and more talented and more special your kid is, the longer you can hold him out of football. Yeah. Because people, it's it's becoming more of a skillful game. These mm -hmm. kids are nice. Yeah, they are. I see kids catching the ball, dragging the foot behind. I see edge rushes coming off the ball, cross-chopping people. I seen a 12-year-old cross-chopping, and I'm like, Yo, that's absurd. For, yeah. for people don't know what it is. That's the TJ Watt double arm swipe move. Yep. 100%. And to see a 12 year old cross chop is an extreme amount of talent and hard work and skill. Mm -hmm. We are doing a great job of progressing football. And when we start getting more away from just the physical, archaic, headbutting tactics, we're moving more into a skillful game. Yeah. Man, for hockey players and baseball players and basketball players, you better have these kids out there competing at a high level. Oh. And skilled up by the time they're 10 or they're going to get left behind. Yeah, me and uh, some of my oldest plays baseball, we just transitioned over to a better team because he was like, I want to be challenged more. And I'm like, you're right. If you don't, you get left behind. Yeah. This kid in his class already as an eighth grader is committed to Miami. Oh, sure. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's where the game is as far as skill. It's the same way with football, though, man. Yeah. So I'm telling my kids now, like, yeah, yeah, football is dangerous. Yeah, it is. What you want me to tell you is not. <laughs> do you want to play football or not? If yeah. you do, we're not going to not let you play. You guys yeah. don't have a tremendous amount of size. You may not get to seventh grade and just be the big dog and be able to muscle people. Now, if you can and That's you're just going to do that, you can take your time coming into the game. If yeah. not, you need to be developing skills mm -hmm. and sharpening your sword so that by the time you get to high school, you are a polished, ready prospect. And you've been playing in basically the minor leagues, these little league leagues. They aren't that competitive. And you've been able to develop skill development. Now you're mm -hmm. ready. Now you yeah. have an arsenal of moves as a 10th grader. You're polished. Yeah. yeah. And, and Vinny, speaking of just the game, you answered it a little bit, though, man. But why retire? What was that process like? I remember mine and having that conversation with Coach Tomlin and Mr. Rooney initially when i said it <laughs> number one the pandemic hit the next week so it's a perfect time to retire but i felt like it was like the weight of the world like i could breathe again did you have that moment or was yours like a a smidge of just nah i still want to where were you at i, I didn't talk to anybody because i knew everyone would tell me not to and i'm oh. influenced so, so so i knew <laughs> and i knew that Mike T would be like, I wasn't in shape. He wouldn't care. He'd be like, hey, come in, not in shape. I don't care. You'll get you in shape. And, and explain that, though, too, for people be like, he'll lie y'all to come in shape. Like Mike gotta... T knows who I am. He has a personal relationship with me. He's like, Vince Williams is not showing up day one, not ready to work. And right. if he's not ready right now, that doesn't matter because given the amount of time and resources, he's going to get ready to work. <laughs> like oh. He knows me. Thank he knows you. how to push and prod my buttons. And he's like, yo, Vince, if you come in right now and you're out of shape, I guarantee if I just put you out here and I give you the time and you you're like you're going to start the football bugs going to start the itching and you're going to you're going to get into shape and you're going to be ready to go because you're never not in shape. You're, right. you're never not ready. Right. So that that's what it is. And I knew that I had my feel like after the Ryan incident, it became very, very uh, monetary to me. Right. Like I was like, yo, I want to win a Super Bowl and yeah. I want to make a lot of money. 
And I felt like at that time I was probably spending about $200,000 on my body a year Damn. just to be able to play football. You got to understand, man, I was a mentee of James Harrison. Yeah. You know, so I realized that the investment of football costs, it costs to play. Like football is going to cost you something. It's going to cost your body or it's going to cost your pockets. Yep. And you got to decide which one's more important to you. And I was like, man, I got more money than I got elbows and knees. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> simple decision for me. So I'm like, man, do I want to go out to Arizona and go hard? Do I want to be keto and be low carb yeah. and eat 40 grams of carbs a day? Yeah. Do I want to go out there and pull this heavy sled? Do I want to be away from my family? Do I want to do these things? Do I, do I, do I want to do it? And I felt like when I took the pay cut, I shopped around to some other teams. I didn't like any of the landing spots that I could have got the appropriate yeah. compensation. Right. Right. And I know people always say that, but it's true. That's so true. People are like, yo, we'll pay you come in. But I'm like, man, I'm a stealer, man. I got to win. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't be myself if I'm not convinced that I'm playing for a Super Bowl facts it, it doesn't it's like you want me to go out there and do what for what no and i yeah. know what it feels like to play with people who don't feel that way so i know mm -hmm. playing in the steelers building everybody truly wants and believes they're gonna be win a super bowl and i'm okay yeah. with that but just like coming back for the veteran minimum realizing that you know I, I can't I can't do it like I didn't want to go and train I didn't want to sacrifice and make the appropriate sacrifices I didn't feel like that was a big enough monetary incentive and uh really not knowing what my role would be and what yeah. capacity I'll be able to be utilized in it was like nah and then on top of that moan I didn't want to be the old hating dude in the building <laughs> because I just felt it when I was in OTAs Devin and Spillane and these younger guys it was a tremendous amount of tension in there oh you know, and yeah. I didn't want to be the dude either breathing down their neck or being an obstacle in the way of their own personal success. Yeah. I'm just not that type of dude. You'd rather bow out than, uh, yeah, not yeah. allow them to grow. Yeah. Because in my own feelings, I'm always going to feel like I'm the best. I'm always going to statistically feel like I can contribute and I should be able to play. Mm -hmm. And my love for football is going to hold everybody else accountable. And not so much in the most positive way when I don't feel like I'm being adequately compensated. Right, right, <laughs> so right, right. I'm with <laughs> you on that, man. That's that's a very selfless and real perspective, Vinny. Like, and and also the, <laughs> I'm sure they feel like the selfish part of it too. Like, you're not gonna let us know and try to convince you to come back, Vince. Like, like that's yeah, interesting. That. It got to be my own personal decision. I knew if I went in there, yeah, my love for football would overtake what i knew to be true about myself yeah and i didn't want to now i can go in the building i go back i have a great relationship i didn't want to sour i watched those things sour with james harrison i got mm -hmm. to personally watch it happen yeah and i remember as it happened i was like that'll never be me that'll never be me and when i seen it i was like oh this could easily be me yeah like i could easily be one of those guys that are just the old hating vets or the old surly this is how it should be type of guy. Yeah. Even though I could be a motivator, these new dudes are just different. They don't want to hear that from me. That's what they have coaches for. Yeah. They don't need old man Vince in here coaching them. They need actual coaches to coach. Them. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And I'm not a coach. I'm a player at the time. I'm, yeah. I'm a knife. I'm yeah. a weapon. Like you utilize me to go to go hunt. And that's why yeah. I was like, you know what? It's probably better that I just bow out. It's probably I felt like it was better for everybody, honestly.
Yeah. And and by the way, just to clean it up a little bit too, because I don't want somebody trying to go viral by saying that James was sour. Like you meant in the sense of you know your value of still having the ability to play the same way as James did. That's one thing I remember about him is like why not necessarily why am I here, but it was more or less like I can still rush. If you're not gonna let me rush and play, then why play me and or why keep me? And that's where you were as far as Spillane and Devin, right? Like well, I got it because you know what I mean? Like much like James Harrison. I was a great tool. Like you could utilize me wow. in certain ways, certain situations where I would still be a dominant player in that capacity. Right. Same right. thing with James Harrison. He could be an awesome edge rusher that year that it was last year. He, he won some games for us. Just yeah. late game heroics. Yeah. So, but I just seen it and being in that limbo position, I feel like. it's just not a comfortable position. It's not, it's not a comfortable position. And no. like, I felt like, you know, was it worth being away from my family? The road games, not being able for another year to watch my sons play little league football, being away from my family. You know, I just felt like I don't know if it was worth it. Right. And I felt like it was just a good time to kind of, and everything was kind of virtual at the time still. And mm -hmm. I remember I went back to OTAs and I was just in there and I felt the vibes in the building. I was like, this is a different team. Eesh. Pouncey had retired. I was like, this is a different football team. This is not the same team. This is not the same feeling that it's usually been. There's a shift here. And yeah. I felt like me leaving was a part of that shift. I felt like all those guys, even Dave. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I would have wanted to play without Dave. It, right. it was just a little shift in the building. I was like, you know what? Mike Hilton had left. Yo. Bud had left. Yo. It was a shift. And I'm like, you know, this is not the same. And I think I'm a part of that old guard. Like, I, I probably should. This is a good time for me just kind of to leave because I'm going to be holding on to something that isn't here. Mm -hmm. that's, that's about as real as it get, man. I, I think where they are now as far as the Steelers go, they're trying to get back to that, that transition of trying to get back there. And the one thing I think that's constant with them is they have the template, meaning Omar is a calf guy, but he's his own person. And Mike T and the Rooney's are as steady as it get when trying to get back to that point. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to get back. You know what I mean? We do soft rebuilds all the time. Like, even when I came in as a rookie that was a soft rebuild, they let a tremendous amount of people go that year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you just really think about it, we lost Ziggy. We lost Kiesel. We lost Ryan Clark. Yo. A year later, we lost Troy. We lost Foot. That was a transition. That was a turning over and a change of the guard. So, I mean, it, it happens. Fortunately, with the Steelers, we just don't lose, and it doesn't look like everybody else. Like people, it's like, it's like they want us to go for it. No, we don't pick in the top five. What are you talking about? We don't pick in the top five. We don't know what a Miles Garrett looked like. We're not getting that guy. Never. We don't no. want him. Really? Come we on, really we don't. Not. That, can you imagine if we lost like that, Vinny? Y'all don't even know what we would do. We First Ooh. of all, the type of personalities the Steelers employ, you can't even lose that much. No. Because whew, it'd be fights. We'd be fighting Fight. each other. If any, I, I tell people, and maybe it's because how we all grew up together, and I'm sure you're that way too, man. We're, we're rolling right here. We're over at this point, Vinny. But I'll say this. We were cocky about what we were doing. Oh, I yeah. walk in the stadiums like, yeah, we're about to beat the <laughs> about to beat dog crap out of these folks or they might fight a little bit but they gonna quit before we do we're cocky in that the muffled screamers <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is though Moan, it was like how we desired to win <laughs> we it did. wasn't just enough just to win though no. it's like nah you're not trying to we trying to really like, really beat you to sleep like 
<laughs> really take the gloves. Man, nothing used to be better, man, than just watching y'all just smash folks. And we on the sideline, and we know they not about to get the ball y'all back. Y'all just sit back. <laughs> and y'all just running Georgia extra, and we just like, ah, that is so <laughs> miserable, man. Like... <laughs> Oh, okay. I gotta ask you this: your defensive guy I had Charlie on here before, but Renegade, man, address it. Was it magical? Did you feel pressure to make a play or get a turnover or stop the drive? Since we're talking about, because we used to watch Renegade, and I grabbed my helmet because I know we're probably about to go back out there. Where so were you like, on uh, that? Renegade just brought everybody's attention to the moment that we already had new, and more so, it Renegade shook opposing offenses yeah it did it did like people didn't understand that either like not only did it amp us up but it all the office used to be like oh man dang <laughs> they hated it they hated renegade they like man these boys are about to really come after us yeah. right now <laughs> like this is about to get ugly like so we understood yeah. the sense of urgency i think that renegade just did a good job of Displaying it for everybody else, it brought attention to it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think the type of person that you got to be to play on the Steelers defense, you got to be ready for that anyway. Yeah, so know. I think that just bringing the attention to it and hyping in the moment played in our favor a lot of times, and I yeah. think that's why it works. No doubt, Vinny. And, man, we talked all ball. You're retired now. As uh, Jack Kearney told me, don't ever say former Steeler. You're retired Steeler. What what's what's next? I know you're in the coaching. You got the boys, man. Uh, I think you had a, a another kid too, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? Yeah, Vinny? I did. I got four boys, man. I can't miss. What? I'm a sniper, man. My dog. <laughs> I'm two for two. You four for four over there. Four, man. Ooh. Four for four, man. But yeah, right now, Moan, I just starting up a little training business of uh, Vince yeah. West performance. Uh, I'm going to be running it. It's going to be great. You know what I mean? I'm really just trying to sell myself to these people, bro. Like, I'm in yeah. the Pirate community. Everybody should come tap in with me. Basically, you just get Vince Williams. I'm really just trying to teach young men how to harden themselves and to deal right. with the pressures of life through teaching them about fundamental football and also mm-hmm. sharpen them and harden them as people. You know what I mean? It's men. It's men in America right now. We got to be strong. Our bodies yeah. have to be strong. Our minds have to be strong. And I'm just trying to develop young, influential leaders to push for to push forth positivity into this community in every yeah. community anybody i come in contact with that's really what i want to get out of them that's what i'm truly training although i'm training their bodies i'm really trying to train their hearts and their minds and their souls to harden them up and plate them up for the stresses of you know men in america yeah and and i know uh it it may you know you it might be a fear uh, attached to it but i'll say this if you're in the Pittsburgh area, Pine Richland area, and Vinny's a part of something like this is my appreciation for you, Vinny. I've always felt this about you. High cerebral guy, high respect guy, a go hard type of individual, man. I appreciated you whenever we practiced because you pushed me well beyond anything I was ready for in those years right there before you became a starter. You changed up after you became a starter, too. There's no scout team. And you didn't really hit people as much, but in practice. But I've always appreciated your approach and mindset. And uh, how you matured as an indiv- individual over these years, too, man. This is dope to see you as retired Vince Young. I mean, Vince Williams. God, I'll call you Vince Young for a second. Vince Williams, man. This is dope. Yeah, man. I just knew that uh, after football, I had to push. I always knew football was going to be my life's goal, man. I felt like yeah. it was given to me for a reason. And um, now I feel like the story that I have is something that deserves to be shared. Like, I think I have yeah. a tremendous football testimony. 
And I think that that testimony can be used to encourage people. Yeah. I think that's what made me an effective leader, Mo, is because mm -hmm. I was like that all the time. Right. So when I used to tell you guys about what I was about to go do, yeah, it was a lot of conviction there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times people fail as leaders because the people around them know who they really are. Right. They know. You know what I mean? They see this guy out front and they're like, he ain't like that. He ain't really like that. But when I said something, you guys are like, hey, Vince is dead serious. He is not joking. This yeah. is not a game. He may be laughing. You may think he's not serious. He is very, very serious about what he, he, you know, how you know how it's about to go. It's about to get ugly for y'all. And he's like, he's not playing, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah. Nah, I, I just go back. I tell that story. And it, it was gruesome. But that day in practice where I pulled around and we met in the hole. You remember that one? Oh, Ramon man? knocked me out. Why you always want to tell him knock me out? Story? Because, man, it, I had had a point. You was wearing us out. All the scout team. I think we were getting hounded in meetings behind it because you were just out there proving your worth, and you did it. I ain't knock you out. I think you might have caught it. Man, you caught me, Mo. Like, you, you, you caught made, me you before made, that. Though you made my nose bleed, and you caught you. You didn't let me fall, which I appreciate. You grabbed me and you held me, and you was like, "You straight." You grabbed, you held me up because I kind of went limp a little bit, and I, I was like, "Oh," and you held me up, and you was like, "Hey, hey, man." But. I'm telling you, though, you were a terror out there. You know how many times I've told this story, Vin, and be like, dog, I don't know anybody that went as hard at Vince, and it, this is the method to how you become successful and prove that you belong, Ramon, I can tell you another story that you don't know. I remember we were in training camp, and Jalen Samuels had caught, like, a little screen. I splashed him. Yep. Mike T had kind of put me on the big board and kind of chewed me out a little bit. Yeah. Well, I went to Mike T afterward. I was like, I don't care what you say. I'm not stopping. I was like, you can put me on that board every single day and I will knock out a new running back every day, but this is why you employ me. Mm -hmm. You don't employ a skilled ball searcher. In the, that ain't You know that ain't who I am. That's, you know what you do. So you yeah. can put this up here to appease Ben and to make it seem like you're chastising me and telling me to slow down, but I will never slow down because yeah. you don't pay me to slow down. Right. Right. This is who I really am, and that's why you love me. You love me because this is who I am. If I was any different, if I showed up to practice and I let a running back slide, you'd be like, "Yeah, no, it's not expected. It's not." So I'm never gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you Vince, and you can put me up there tomorrow because somebody else is gonna come out here tiptoeing, and I'm gonna catch him. Yeah. But when I do it to Nick Chubb, you're gonna be like, "Yeah." <laughs> he did he give you the wink and nod after yeah, that? He like, knew. yeah, yeah, he knew. <laughs> But I just, I love that about my T because he's yeah. going to play those games and I'm okay. See, people get too sensitive and caught up to it. Somebody yeah. would have took, somebody that wasn't right minded or not confident in who they were would have took that differently than I took it. Yeah. But you're not going to change me because I'm Vince Williams. It's two people, man, and we can, we can go on forever. It's two people in that building I always listen to. And I listen to what they said behind what they said. It was Coach Tomlin and it was Coach Gee. Those are the two dudes that if they said something or they alluded to something, I listened to behind what they said, man. And I, I, I love those dudes to death and I appreciate what they meant to my career. But you're right. You got to be right minded, Vince, to receive what they telling you. Like, you know, me, one of my things was I always had to make sure I was the right weight. My weight oh, got to yeah. be good. I got to be good on this. And they honestly got to a point where Gee, he was like, I just need you here because you aren't like Marquise. Marquise ain't like you. You're not like Dave. Dave ain't like, like you. What you do for this team at your weight, let's just keep it right here. 
And I was appreciative to be like, don't kill yourself trying to be them. Be you. You know? Man, how many other 250 linebackers we ever had? Yeah. Like, I was in the same boat, Moan, not like, but they, man, he's just about, hey, Thanksgiving and holidays coming up. Keep it light. Keep it light. (laughs) And you understood. (laughs) But the other thing after that, perform after them days, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo. Yeah. But I I respect and appreciate, man, Moan, we could talk forever, bro. But, man, that's been, that's, that's really what I've been trying to do. I think that being Vince Williams is a blessing. And I think that you got to appreciate who you are. I think you got to appreciate your role in everything. And I think that my testimony is that you are enough, man. Right. Your job personally is to figure out where you fit in, how you can contribute and have a spirit of service. Yep. How can you serve? Like everybody wants to be served, right? Yep. Just appreciate where you are and what you can do for other people. And that's going to pay huge dividends because of the type of person that you are. Always be a person to add value to a situation. Yep. The people that we see don't last long are the people who make it about them and they don't contribute. Yeah, That's the fastest way to fail. Mm-hmm. You make it about your own self, you become selfish, and you don't add amount of value, you're going to lose. Because we got people that have been very selfish teammates. We love those guys. We yeah. need them. Yep. And even though they were high maintenance, they were high performers. And yeah, we needed, like, man, I didn't want to show up to the building without them guys. <laughs> I, I feel very, very uncomfortable about walking into a stadium without those guys. Yep. Yep. And to that point, one more question, then we out, Vinny. I'll give you mine. Most athletic, freakazoid as teammate you've ever been around. And with the Steelers, I'll go first. Mine's probably Martavis, Brian. I can see Martavis. Um, in your opinion, this is man. I'm okay. I don't know if I can give just one. Okay, I'll take two or three. Let me let me hear. Okay, so Minka, oh. you didn't. Minka is Minka is a five-two prospect. Minka has wide receiver ball skills. He has elite speed, elite hips. He's extremely physical. Yes, he is. Like he could, he could play linebacker. He could play corner. He, he's he's extremely intelligent. His he got your attitude game, too. Oh, he's a he's a straight sack. Like he's a like he Minka. I've never met a player like that. I've never wow. met a person that's like yo. You are perfect. <laughs> like you are a prototypical football. You were made in a lab. <laughs> he's like Eric Berry on PEDs. Yeah, that the level of versatility. And the high competence at that versatility is yeah. unmatched. It's like, yo, you can do everything. What can you not do? Wow. You remember when he first came in the yeah. San Francisco game? Whew. Oh, we like, what, what is it? Because we don't get those. We, we don't get those. <laughs> those in we don't get those. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that was kind of like just a freak show was obviously Ryan. Yep. You know, you don't really see guys that can run like that with that type of tenacity. Like people mm-hmm. don't I'll tell a great story about Ryan. It's one of the many reasons why I love Ryan. We were playing the Seattle Seahawks. They had this fullback who was a Samoan guy, 300-pound fullback, absolutely erasing people, erasing people. Danny Smith was like, hey, whatever you guys do, stay away from this dude. He had knocked out three guys consistently yeah. in the last three games that we played. Because, you know, we only scout up four games. And uh-huh. in those scouting report, every single game he had knocked the dude out. Dang. Ryan runs down, first person down the field, explodes this dude. Completely knocks him out of the game. Helmets pops off, just splatters his dude. 
Yeah. You don't see people with the high end athleticism as Ryan, 40 inch vert. Fat, he was the fast person on the team Fine. at one point. Didn't he get somebody cut in a race because they tried to race him? Yeah, blue blue Marcus Wheaton hamstring out. Yep. Marcus Wheaton's a fast guy. Track yeah, guy. he is. So just that level of intensity and physicality paired with that level of athletic ability and want to really unmatched. And, and by the way, his size didn't suggest that he was supposed to be able to do that because I, I was it was not normal to see a linebacker like that for me. I I never saw it. My sleeper pick is Vance McDonald. Oh man, like people do not talk about Vance and Heath, the combo of strength and skill. Vance is probably 270, man. Yep. With feet like he was like 200 pounds. A ballerina, man. He's a ballerina. He's a it's like I've never seen six foot four, six, like I've not seen a person that big. Cause I would say him and Bud are in the same mode. He's a little but bit more elusive. He's think? more agile yeah. than Bud. Yep. He's a more agile Bud. And that is where I'm like, yo, I've never seen a Vance. Because you got to be elite level skill to have the ball in your hands in the yeah, NFL. You do. And people wasn't running down on Vance. And even when they thought he was just a big body and they would crush him, he would, he would sidestep him. Yep. And Vance I think those guys were just, even guarding Vance, I used to be like, bro, he got feet. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. Like, he really... He can do everything. He was. Yeah. Even, I think. I think really what slowed Vance down was just he didn't really have an appetite for aggressive football like that. Yeah. I think it, outside of that, sky's the limit. Him, he, he could be in the conversation with Kittle, with with oh. with Warren. Yeah. yeah. Like Waller. I mean, yeah, he could be in. He could have easily been in that conversation with those guys. Yeah. Martavius too is a true, true freaking nature. He was one of them. Yeah, but uh, I thought his inconsistency with his hands—he wasn't a high point ball catcher. If he yeah. if he was a high pointer, then we would be—he would be George Pickens, right? Yeah, he would be. Yeah, yeah, he'd be George. I I just threw him out there because we never saw the rest of it, and I was just like, dude, you you got everything waiting on you. Just get there. That's all I wanted out of him, man. I don't think so, Moan, because I think if you would have thrown Martavius, he's not a high volume guy. Just hmm. from I think we like people look at how you want to use a player, right? Yeah. Now that I'm a coach, you know, I look at it from top down. Okay. And he's a bigger threat than he is an actual consistent go getter. Wow. No diss to him. It is terrifying watching Martavia streak. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a yeah. defensive coordinator, you always have like he's kind of like a Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill is much more consistent, and gotcha. that's what's scary. Because you can put Tyreek Hill on the front side of formations and run combinations with him. Or you could put him on the backside and just have him as a streaking threat and have to draw a double team. Right. I think Martavius' biggest benefit was the fact that he always required two going deep. Sure did. But if you put him on the front side of stuff, you can't throw him 15 balls a game. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. See, you say that from a defensive perspective. I look at it from an offensive and I kind of say the sky's the limit when it came down to what we thought offensively. You breaking down the defensive side? I, I like that, Vinny. That was pretty solid, man. Man, I do what I can, Mo. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> My guy, I appreciate your time, man. I ain't mean to take up all of that. Um, but this was fun, man. I appreciate you, man. No problem, man. Hey, thank you for having me on there and uh, giving me your platform, Mo. Like I said, man, I'm just venturing into this whole coaching thing, man. I'm looking yeah. forward to new uh, opportunities. And I just really appreciate you, bro. No doubt, man. I appreciate you, man. We'll, we'll wrap. <laughs> all right, bro. Have a good day, man. No doubt. You too. Yeah.